0: Kevin Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. I have been getting some interesting cases, and these cases have raised an important point of what I feel I want to make sure my listeners are aware of. And what I've seen is a pattern of mistakes. By individuals who fall into what I call the give up your guns trap and it's a trap in law that occurs when individuals are put into the system and the system persuades them to give up their guns because when this happens they don't advise as to all the ramifications and It is a sucker bet. Literally the gun owner is played as a sucker and I don't want to see any of you played as a sucker and I want you to know your rights and I want you to know what to do if you ever end up in this situation and don't say or think that it can't happen to you. Because just about every client I ever talked to tells me I can't believe this is happening to me. So it happens. So let me tell you, tell you about the uh, recent incident issue and what happened so we can learn from these other folks' mistakes. And what happened was this fellow calls me who had a, a turpo against him. Now, TURPO, we commonly call red flag. TURPO stands for Temporary Extreme Risk Protection Order. And when the TURPO, which in New Jersey can be done at the drop of a hat, I mean, uh, it's easier to get a TURPO against somebody than getting uh, your sandwich made correctly at Wawa. Okay, this is how it goes. It's uh, made to be quick and easy to get the person's guns taken and then they get to have a due process afterwards. And we've talked about turpos and the mechanics of turpos and how outrageous the red flag turpo law is in New Jersey. So here's an individual who gets slammed with a turpo. Now the turpo was not justified. And this person unfortunately, went to court without an attorney. Now, here's the thing. I know a lot of folks, they know they're righteous, they feel truth is on their side, and they feel that their trust in the system is going to pull them through. And therefore, they don't need an attorney, they don't need counselor to advise them about the nuances of New Jersey's gun laws and how they work. So he went there without an attorney, and here's the thing. He won. Yep. Judge agreed. The judge agreed that the TURPO was unjustified, and the judge dismissed the TURPO so that it did not become a FERPO, which is a final extreme risk protection order and that's good. It's great that he was able to uh, achieve that result but here's the problem. Even though the judge dismissed the Turpo as a victory, the judge in the order dismissing never made a finding or a statement or any type of order as to the disposition of the winner's firearms so the judge says yeah the turpo's no good you're not an immediate danger to yourself or others and I'm dismissing it well, that's great but this fellow didn't know to insist that while you're there in court and getting a court order that the judge also speak to, in the order, the disposition of the property itself, the disposition of the firearms. In other words, ordering that he get his firearms returned. So that didn't happen. And lo and behold, he won the turpo, but now wants to get his guns back. So he's contacting the prosecutor's office and trying to get a hold of somebody there and trying to get someone to return guns, and guess what? He's got no leverage to return guns. There's no court order to return the guns. He wants to get his guns back. He did it himself. He won the turpo, but oh well. So finally he gets a hold of someone from the prosecutor's office. I don't know exactly who. But they said, look, I'll tell you what's a lot easier. Sell your guns. If you consent and give up your guns and sell your guns, then you can go guns or something instead of getting your guns returned to you and you can take a loss of thousands of dollars in that because you know you're only going to get wholesale from a dealer but so what that's your option agree to have them sold and we'll make arrangements so give up your guns and this fellow signed a consent to have his guns sold to a dealer with him getting the money And, of course, there's a lot of uh, fine print in that consent. And it says that if you fail to get a dealer to do it within a certain amount of time, usually 60 or 90 days, all the guns are forfeited to the state. They all go to the state because you didn't move on them or you couldn't get a dealer willing to pick them up. And by giving up your guns... You now have a situation where guns have been seized from you. They haven't been returned. And even though you won your turbo, you lose thousands of dollars in your firearms. And by the way, get your firearms ID card back. That wasn't ordered either because that was also taken. So how how do you get that back? Well, now you're going to have to fight to do that you put yourself on a time limit under the guns, you consented foolishly to having your guns sold instead of fighting to get them back, and you never did what should have been done at the beginning because if you had counsel, if there was an attorney that knew what they were doing, they would have got the judge's order on the turbo, ordering a disposition back to you. Then if the prosecutor's office didn't want to obey or abide by that, You could easily bring a motion to enforce litigants' rights and make them pay for their failure and explain to the judge why they shouldn't be held in contempt. But of course, if it's in the order, they're going to do it because now you have leverage and you have the ability to get it back. And it would have been a whole different story here. But he was never told that no one in the Turpo hearing on the other side is going to tell him what needs to get done. And they're going to take advantage of you. Now, it isn't just on TURPOS. No, no, no. Guns get seized all the time in different venues and by different statutes. And one of the most common is on the domestic violence seizure. So there, where there's a domestic violence temporary restraining order and guns get seized, and then the temporary restraining order gets dropped, then a weapon forfeiture hearing is held. And here's the uh, scam that happens there. So now you are successful in your defense on a TRO, a temporary restraining order, arising out of the domestic violence laws. It was unjustified. It got dismissed or dropped or you won it at the hearing. But it's gone. But they're still holding your guns. So what do you do? you're going to have this weapon forfeiture hearing where you're going to have to go there and argue why your guns should be returned, and this has been dropped, and the state's still going to raise the underlying issues because they're allowed to, but, of course, you're going to battle that out. And it's going to be another day in court, and it's going to be another stressor of having to fight for your gun rights and your guns. And instead you get a call, and the prosecutors office, off, and they say, hey, listen, we're such nice folks, we're going to let you sell your guns and you get the money for them. Isn't that nice of us? And you don't even have to go to court. We'll get that order right into the court saying that you consent to have your guns sold and go to a dealer and we're going to do the same deal for you. Isn't that great? And you don't have to waste your time. And you're like, oh, okay, sounds good. And you do that. And you've just, you've just disenfranchised yourself of your Second Amendment rights. Because New Jersey has a law that they didn't tell you about, that they have no obligation to tell you about, that the judge doesn't have to tell you about even, that says if you've had guns seized pursuant to domestic violence, and have not had them returned, then you become a disqualified person for gun ownership. That's right. You become essentially the equivalent of a convicted felon when it comes to guns. You can't possess them anymore, period. And of course, it's a licensing disqualifier as well. And that's because you had guns seized pursuant to domestic violence and they were not returned. So by consenting to that and not fighting for your gun rights and the return of your guns, but by consenting to the sale of your guns, you now have removed your Second Amendment rights from your life. In New Jersey so again beware of the consent to giving up your guns or your gun rights and I've seen it in other forums I've seen it where someone has a criminal charge and it's a charge that is probably winnable okay it's a criminal charge that I you have a good defenses it was bad search it was whatever it's winnable but you know what they offer you PTI pretrial intervention now let me say pretrial intervention can at times be an excellent solution absolutely great because PTI it's like a period of probation that they call supervisory treatment and as long as you don't get in trouble during the pendency of PTI normally it's about a year it can be as long as three years but usually it's about a year as long as there's no other trouble the charges get dismissed so there's no conviction and you get no jail time at all. So it can be a good deal, it can be a good deal if it's managed, done correctly and the details have been approved and reviewed by your attorney. But I've seen PTI agreements and PTI conditions where the individual consents to giving up their guns and their gun rights. And they do it because they want to get into PTI and they don't realize that by giving up their guns and their gun rights, they've now permanently disenfranchised themselves of their gun rights. And I actually had cases where individuals in getting PTI, agreed to PTI, where they could have fought and won even their criminal case, but agreed to PTI where they gave up their gun rights. And the craziest thing about it is with the PTI agreement to give up gun rights, there's no mechanism to getting your gun rights back. You just have permanently given away your gun rights, permanently disenfranchised yourself under the terms of that PTI agreement. And we've actually had a case on this. And yet, if the person had actually been found guilty Pled guilty to the felony level offense that was placed against them, they would be eligible to get an expungement and have the felony conviction expunged and regain their gun rights. But by agreeing to it as this condition, a condition to outlast the initial conditions of PTI, They put themselves in a worse position in terms of their gun rights than if they had become a convicted felon under the original charges. Was any of that explained to them by their attorney? No. Did the state make that clear? No. Did the judge? No, no one did. You just got to know. You better have someone telling you about what happens when he consent to giving up your guns giving up your gun rights. The entire legal system is loaded with these traps, these traps to disenfranchise us of our Second Amendment rights and every day I see the trap sprung on unsuspecting individuals. So the bottom line folks, you're in a situation where your gun rights are in any way in jeopardy or being questioned or have a potential to be affected you need counsel you need counsel that know what they're doing when it comes to guns if you care about your gun rights because we through my practice have seen it over and over again and all i say is oh, i wish that guy or gal had called me first i wish That I had been, because they come after the fact, after they've been screwed and figure it out. And then it's like, what can you do to help me? And unfortunately, once you've given away your rights, once you've just consented your constitutional rights away, it's very, very difficult to regain them because you foolishly took those actions. So, be careful. It's a deal with the devil when you make those agreements. And if you're making a deal with the devil, you better have quite the angel on your side. Watch out. And I've seen it over and over, so at least my listeners here are warned. I don't want to see you become a victim of New Jersey gun laws and the victimization occurs by both being possibly turned into a felon, a criminal, having your life destroyed, your freedom taken away, but also you're victimized by having a disenfranchisement of what we treasure, our constitutional rights, including the Second Amendment. You also can be victimized by the very fact you've been disarmed and disfranchised so that now you're vulnerable to violent criminal attack and can no longer have the means, the effective means of self-defense. This is the wrongdoing that is done all the time, and it's done with vigor in the state of New Jersey. And you can see there, evil ways. I mean, it really is basically the only thing to call it coming to light now in the carry bill that's pending, where it is admitted admittedly, to go at law-abiding citizens, where they admit it isn't about criminals or trying to stop crime. They, they, they no longer have any shame. They are open in their attack on law-abiding citizen rights. So folks, beware and be careful. And when I come back, I have some uh,
1: really interesting things to talk to you about. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners a fearsome courtroom litigator, fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman, tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Napping on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a lawyer. I am a
0: lawyer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Gun Lawyer. And, you know, we were talking about how they're out in the open now, that they're just attacking us and law-abiding citizens and that it's no longer about crime and they're admitting to it. Well, I'm going to give you the proof of my statement. And here is Assemblyman Joe Danielson, who is the Assembly sponsor of the atrocity that we're calling the carry bill, and it is essentially a bill to eliminate carry but still allow to have a permit issued. This is their new game to just gut the utility of having a carry permit. And their basis for doing it is unabashedly and admittedly to screw the law-abiding citizen. Let's listen in their own words. Mr. Producer, play the clip of Mr. Danielson. The last thing I want to say to people, and some of my own Democrats have committed to me, uh, commented to me, this does nothing uh, to stop the illegal gun trade or the illegal criminal, illegal uh, uh, possessions or criminal content. You're right this doesn't it was never supposed to address that this is addressing the legal law-abiding responsible citizens that's what it's designed to do so there you go folks admitted admitted it's not about crime or criminals it's about you and me it's about screwing us out of our rights and stopping us from becoming defenders instead of victims. It's to force us to remain victims of violent crime. It is a do nothing about crime bill, but do everything to harm the rights and liberty of law-abiding individuals. When the Supreme Court has spoken finally and said that we have a right to carry our firearms to defend ourselves, and this guy sponsors the bill to take away those rights by some other means that they can somehow figure out, and that's what they're trying to do. They're not even trying to hide it. It is about you and me, and getting us, and stopping us. It is in line, 100%. With their defund the police, with their release the criminals onto the streets, with the very reason crime is exploding and rampant, and of course we need to disarm the law-abiding citizen while we're at it, on top of all that. The Democrat Party is the pro-criminal party. There's just no other way to put it. This bill makes criminals safer. It is exactly what this is doing. I mean, for those of you who've been loyal listeners, how do I end my show about gun laws? That gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Well, that is exactly what Danielson is doing. Protecting criminals from honest citizens. And he admits it. So, folks, it's hard to believe the times that we live in. But you heard it for yourself, and you can see the truth yourself. This is outrageous. This is New Jersey's approach to its citizens and how they view us. They view us lower than the dirt on their shoes. And we must be stopped in their playbook. We, the law-abiding and instead the criminals are based as our society is more and more out of control with criminal violence. This is what they're doing. It is outrageous and intolerable. And so folks, make sure you make them pay at the ballot box in November. Make sure you vote Republican. It's not even about the person anymore. You can see what the Democrats are doing. This guy is the whip, the deputy whip for the Democrats in the assembly. This is the Democrat party. And if I'm wrong, show me the Democrats standing up in New Jersey against this. Show me the one speaking out. I'll praise him. I'll be happy to, but I don't see it. Instead, this is being jammed down our throat. It is disgusting. It is unbelievable, except we know what New Jersey's all about. And we knew they would never want law-abiding citizens to be able to carry, that they wouldn't accept it without kicking and screaming And it's so offensive to them that they have to take out the citizens' rights. They just can't stand it. Yet, 95% of the rest of America, it's fine. They recognize citizens should carry, and many don't even require a permit to carry. It's constitutional carry. Half the country has constitutional carry. But Jersey, they can't even have this extreme licensing. I mean, to get a carry license in Jersey still isn't easy. Sure, justifiable needs gone, but you still got to go through all those hoops and loops of training and background and printing and on and on. I mean, you know, double tier, approved by the chief, approved by the judge, all that wait time, everything combined. It's quite an ordeal to get your carry. And even that, they don't want you able to defend yourself. No, no, no. We protect criminals. That's what the Democrats do. We coddle them, protect them, we release them. We defund police and we de rights. We delimit as 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 Justice Thomas, the delimits they want to have ultimate delimits on our second amendment rights. This is what you just heard and saw. It is incredible. So beware. Keep up the fight. Make sure you make them pay at the ballot box. You can't give up. This is going to get to the courts, of course. And we're going to, again, have to rely upon the judiciary to defend our constitutional rights in the face of an out-of-control government that just is giving the finger to the Second Amendment. I would like to also just change gears here for a minute and tell you about a couple other interesting newsworthy items. One has to do with Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, both houses, they have passed the repeal of the switchblade ban in Pennsylvania. Yeah, they're repealing the switchblade ban, and that is now on the governor's desk, Governor Wolf. It's gone to the governor. So let's hope that the governor signs the repeal of Pennsylvania's switchblade ban. It's so stupid. Switchblades are no more intrinsically dangerous than any other knife, people go, oh, it can open with one hand. Well, there's plenty of ways you can open a knife with one hand. The difference with a switchblade is that it's actually safer because it's one of the few folding knives that locks closed. It even has safety, most of them. So it locks closed. It's an even safer knife to have. And one-hand access is incredibly utilitarian. You ever hold your fishing line with one hand and need to cut it? And you can open your knife with one hand. You ever uh, need it for uh, uh, all sorts of utilitarian tasks where just being able to have a one hand opener? And look, how many hands does it take to open a fixed blade knife? None! Because it's a fixed blade. And it's also, so this is silliness already. So this is something where it's archaic and the original switchblade ban was again big surprise based on emotion these were primarily passed in the 50s where people watched you know uh James Dean and they watched um West Side Story and they all knew that all youth violence was because of switchblades and if we just ban switchblades we'll end youth violence right same garbage and of course none of that's true and now We would probably be thankful if only the gangs only had switchblades, right? It's just foolishness. But the modern switchblade today isn't even called a switchblade. That's how archaic it is. It isn't even what it's known as. It's known as an automatic knife. And automatic knives are used throughout the country where they've been legal in a majority of states by EMTs and sportsmen and warehouse workers and contractors, etc. They're incredibly useful, and this silly band needs to go. Plus, there's a large variety of collectible autos through the years that were super well-made and very collectible and historic. And, uh, you know, they were even used in World War II by our paratroopers. They were issued trade presto switchblades because as a paratrooper, you needed to have one-hand access, and you could open your switchblade with one hand. You could cut yourself free while holding on to the rope or tree that you fell into, whatever, and still cut yourself free with one hand. And uh, it's all about that incredible safety and utilitarianism and collectability. So let's hope that the right thing happens and that Pennsylvania follows the knife liberty movement that is happened in, oh, about 20 other states already, started in New Hampshire. Yours truly here spearheaded the effort in New Hampshire and repealed New Hampshire's switchblade laws in 2010. And it's been uh, a knife liberty movement throughout America, and now Pennsylvania can again exercise and have the same liberty. So that's exciting. And something else I'd like to point out that I recently saw, and it, just some food for thought, I thought it was kind of interesting. I learned that there's a group called the Socialist Rifle Association. And I'm like, the Socialist Rifle Association? They're the real deal. They're actually a socialist, they're a national group apparently, and they have local chapters where it's socialists that are in favor of the Second Amendment. And that I heard that the Socialist Rifle Association, for example, was opposing the horrible gun law that's on the ballot in Oregon. They said the NRA, the National Rifle and the Socialist Rifle Association is opposing. And I said, damn, that's great. Now, let me tell you, I am the furthest thing from a socialist. I'm ultra-uber-capitalist, totally love capitalism. But I got to say, I also love as you do, the Second Amendment. And frankly, even though our political positions may be completely different on economic choices in terms of socialism versus capitalism, if we're united on the Second Amendment, then as far as the Second Amendment is concerned, you're my brothers and sisters. And, you know, we got to break out of the tent where Second Amendment is just looked at as a Republican or right wing or uh, whatever type right. It's not. We need the left to support the Second Amendment and the right to support the Second Amendment because it's a Second Amendment. And we can politically deal with our other issues between us. No problem. That's why we have our system. But the constitutional right protected and that protection desired by both right and left, by socialist and capitalist is a good thing. And when you look at New Jersey and how bad it's gotten with the Democrats and the left, I would hope that a, that a local unit or ever they do it of the socialist rifle association would form in New Jersey. And I know there's plenty of socialists in New Jersey. Look at how New Jersey flies. But look, if we save the Second Amendment by uniting with them, I'm good with it. You know, like I said, we can debate the economic policies another day. But stand with us on the Second Amendment. And if it takes a socialist rifle association to finally get through the thick heads of the Democrats in New Jersey, then so be it. Because apparently it has effect in Oregon. So good for them. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws do not protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens.
1: Gun Lawyer is a CounterThink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer the information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice consult a licensed attorney in your state